0: I realized that what's making me overwhelmed and burnt out and tired is because I'm trying to get to a new level with old strategies.
1: Welcome to Inspiration Rising. My name is David Trotter, and I'm a business growth consultant. I'm passionate about helping business owners just like you rise above your biggest barriers to reach your greatest goals, all without the paralyzing overwhelm, feeling all alone, or wondering what the heck to do next. I'm a former pastor and a serial entrepreneur who's passionate about personal growth because that's what's helped me cultivate peace in my life and empowered me to love my amazing wife, Laura, of 26 years and our two almost grown kids. So if you're all about business, personal growth, and peace in your life, you're in the right place. I'm super glad that you're here. Hello, friends, and welcome back to Inspiration Rising. I am honored that you are tuning in today. This is our third episode of the week. We've been putting out three episodes per week the last several weeks, just because I've had so many incredible conversations, I didn't want you to have to wait to hear them weeks and weeks, you know, out. There are some people that only put out one podcast episode a week. I don't know how they do that. I would just be so bored. Just one. Come on now. I want to serve up these incredible uh, conversations with extraordinary women from around the globe. Now, When I say around the globe, I mean around the globe. We've been having people from all over the place on the podcast, and today is no different. Now, I live in Southern California. I live in a town called Costa Mesa. It is about an hour south of LA, hour and a half, two hours if there's traffic. Now, I tend to just be really focused on what's happening in the U.S. culture. Now, I I, do—I may be more aware of things that are going on in India because I have friends there. Uh, I'm becoming more aware of other countries as I interview people. But I'm going to just tell you, most people in the United States, we're really self-centered. We just think about the United States. And sometimes we just think about our own state. And sometimes we only think about our own city. It's true. It's true, we become really self-centered. Now, that might be other people around the globe, but I know it's true here in the United States. So, so, I think it's amazing when I come across somebody who's doing something similar to what I do and they're in another country and I'm like, what, they have that over there too? No way. Like the rest of the country doesn't keep moving forward like the United States. Am I so self-centered What? the heck. So, when I came across Stephanie Obi and I realized, "Oh my goodness, this woman is incredibly successful as an online course launch strategist." In other words, she helps women throughout Africa launch online courses that are sold at premium prices to help them grow in their wealth, but also help people in whatever that knowledge is that the course is talking about, right? And so Stephanie started out just as this meager fledgling business, and she has grown it into an empire, helping women not just in her own country of Nigeria, but throughout Africa. Africa is a continent, right? Oh my God, why do I? I can't believe I even think this. Yes, it's a continent throughout the entire continent. Now, I'm going to tell you, she has a strong accent, our connections a little, eh, right? But it is so worth listening to her because she is an incredibly powerful woman who is doing amazing things, not only in Nigeria, but throughout Africa. And she's impacting Africans throughout the world as they move to other places because they see her and see what she's done. She's also the founder of a technology company called Train Quarters that makes it easy for people to host and sell all their products online. And she tells you all about this. Okay, have I been like enough about this? It's enough, it's enough, it's enough. She's, oh my gosh, these planes, hear it, listen. Sounds like it's gonna dive bomb me. As you guys know, if you're a longtime listener, Never Time Caller, because I don't have callers. Uh, you know I, lis, I live in Orange County near the airport. So that's why you hear those in the background. Stephanie Obi, I'm telling you, this gal's a one to watch. You got to be aware of her coming out of Nigeria. Ooh, she is an incredible woman. Okay, here we go. Let's jump in with none other than Stephanie Obi. Well, Stephanie, thanks so much for taking some time to hang with me today. I appreciate it.
0: Oh, thank you! I'm so happy to be here.
1: Yeah, so uh, very fascinating. You're our very, I, you're our very first guest from Nigeria. I'll just be honest; like we don't tend <laughs> to talk to a lot of people from Nigeria. So uh, when I saw the opportunity to connect with you, I thought, "Oh, yeah, this should be fun," um, because uh, you are doing something that a lot of people here in the United States are doing, but you're doing it obviously there in Nigeria, and. Um, I'm excited to hear your journey about creating online courses. So, maybe first of all, just how did you first of all come up with the idea of creating your first online course yourself?
0: All right. So, my story is very interesting because, you know, (laughs) but before I created an online course, I didn't even know that, you know, there were online courses. It wasn't in my own country, it's not as established as it is, you know, in the rest of the world. Right. But I used to do workshops. On how to make accessories, fashion accessories. <laughs> so I had um I had run a business on how to make on making accessories for about 10 years. And then I got to a point where I started to feel the urge to show them how, how I was doing it. I couldn't explain it. It just came over me. I wanted to teach, I wanted to help other people to start their own businesses. And so I created my first workshop, you know, excited, you know, <laughs> I was so happy that I was going to be back in life. And nobody showed up to this workshop. Nobody.
1: (laughs) Online or in person? In person. In person. person Okay.
0: They were in person. So that was my first attempt to even teach. Okay. So I opened, and all my friends were asking me, Oh, Stephanie, are you sure you want to share your trade secrets? Why would you want to do this? It will affect your business. And I kept saying, I don't know why, but I just feel this strong urge that I'm supposed to start teaching other people how to start businesses. So my first workshop was a flop, it didn't work out. I was so embarrassed. I, I remember crying under a duvet and I couldn't <laughs> I couldn't show, I couldn't go outside because I was like, what will I say? People ask me how was my workshop? What will I say? I was so embarrassed. But you know, I, after crying I cleaned my tears and I picked myself up again. I said, I'm gonna try again. Let me see what I did wrong. So this time uh, when I was launching again I decided to go online and to start marketing on facebook and twitter now to my amazement people now started signing up for the workshop they found me online and they started signing up you know so i started having these small intimate workshops and then people, as i was marketing online people kept on saying i don't live in your city please can you organize an online training for us you know so i said okay let me just experiment let me just try it out and let me see how it is to work and that's what led me to create my first online course when I created the first course, I just said, let me see if it's to work. I put it out there and people actually paid for it. I was so excited. I was so excited. I was happy because I had found a way to impact a lot more people and to also earn a stream of income. And that's how I, you know, that's what led me to launch my first course.
1: Yeah. So you were doing workshops on uh, hair accessories or or just uh, just fashion 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 accessories accessories for 10 years, 10 years. And then, is that what you said?
0: No, no, no. So I had been running a fashion accessories business for 10 years. I used to make okay. the accessories.
1: Gotcha. I used to
0: sell the accessories. Yeah. Okay. But I just started to start teaching people how to do it.
1: Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, that makes sense now. And so how long um, did it take you from the idea of creating that first workshop in person to actually, like, Having a, a a significant business, like take me through that journey of the online growth.
0: Okay. So, after I created my first online course, and uh, I, I was just still selling the course, and before I knew what was happening, my course sales was any the same amount of money I was earning for my nine to five. I still had the nine to five at that time. So, it was, I was I, and, and when I was in this nine to five job, I was just wondering that. Oh, my goodness. My online course that I, that I created, you know, three months ago is, me, is still earning me income. I can resign and focus on it full time. All right. <laughs> so I wasn't very happy at my nine to five. So I decided to resign that, resign from there and focus on my, on my online course business. Now, I'm sure you can imagine what I was expecting. I was expecting that, oh, the business would be so successful. I would just blow up. You know, now that I have more time to focus on it, it will be so successful. So I I took a leap of faith and I jumped. (laughs) I jumped to start this business. Now, the worst happened because it almost felt as if I was a one-hit wonder. I couldn't replicate my first success. I didn't know what was happening. I was launching more online courses and they were not selling, you know. And I was on this um, cycle for two years. I would launch one online course and I would try to sell it. It won't sell. I would launch another one. I'll try to sell it. It won't sell, you know. And sometimes I would launch a low price course hoping that people would pay because of the price. It still won't sell. I don't know if you can imagine what was going through my mind. I almost could, I almost... I, almost, I was like, what's going on? I've done this thing before. I know it works. Why can't I do it again? You know, now, were like, these courses, yes. real quick,
1: were these courses about fashion accessories or was this on a different no, no, topic? No.
0: I, had, I, had, I had moved to a different topic because people were now asking me, oh, how did you market online? How did you attract customers? How do you do this? How do you do that? So I kept getting all sorts of questions. And I started trying to teach all these different um, topics because I knew them. And yet, when I would now create the course, they wouldn't pay for it. So it was, <laughs> it was so frustrating. And at that time, I would sit down and I would create video lessons. I would record the video lessons. I would host them online. And then I would just hope that because I had created the lessons, people would pay for it. So you can imagine how much time I was wasting creating courses that nobody was paying for. Now, by my second year of doing this, all these things, I started to say to myself, if I don't, if I can't get this right anymore, i might have to go back to A95. And this was so frustrating, you know, because I knew that I was supposed to teach. I knew I was supposed to have a business that impacts life, but I couldn't figure out how to make it profitable. And what was worse was that I had done it once before and now I couldn't replicate it. It's almost as if I did not know what I did to become successful the first time. And so the second time I couldn't get it right anymore. So after another horrible incident where I decided to launch a low priced course, and this time it was so low price, I was hoping that, oh, because it's low price, I'll get a lot of sales. I only made three sales. At that point, I just paused. I stopped everything. I took a mm-hmm. step back. I first of all refunded all the, that, the three people that paid me. I was like, look, I, I can't do this anymore. Please just take your money back. <laughs> I took a step back. I took a step back and I went back to the drawing board. I went back to drawing board and I went and, and, and this time I decided to do things a lot more differently. I launched my online course again a different online course more premium online course and this time it was so successful it made me my first five figures and i was i was shocked because it was the same audience that i was trying to sell these low price courses to it was the same audience it was the same me it was the same website it was the same everything was the same but i just i just changed a number of things you know in the course i was creating and this time People really wanted it. I changed my offer and this time people people really wanted it and they paid for it even before I created the course.
1: Okay. And And what was was different about the offer?
0: So a number of things were different. Number one, you know, before, because I'm an expert on on a topic, or I know something. I just felt that, oh, let me teach based on what I know, you know, oh, I have so much to give. Let me share based on what I know. It wasn't based on, hey, I have an audience. They're struggling with a particular thing. Let me listen to them. Let me find out what their problems are, and let me create an an, an offer that solves that particular problem. Mm. So it was I was always focusing on what I knew, what I could teach, instead of how can I help other people who have a particular problem. So that was my first big aha that it wasn't about me and how fulfilled I felt, you know, or how um how how much I knew. It was more about how I could be of service to other people, and so for me to be of service, I had to first of all understand where they were, what they were struggling with, what they needed, you know, what 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 help they needed, and how to how to make it easy for them to get help. That was the biggest thing because first time because when I when I started doing this research, the question people were asking me was different from what I wanted to teach.
1: Hmm. What were and they asking?
0: They were asking me how I was creating these online courses over and over again. So they were seeing me, <laughs> they were not paying for the course, but they were seeing me create, you know, create the course over and over again. And they kept wondering how is she even doing this? How is she doing this? How is she doing this? And I I felt that I should be teaching something else. I thought that, oh, creating an online course is so straightforward. Just just, just create the course, it's not hard. You know, yeah. but they kept on asking me how I was doing it, and it was a bit difficult for me to agree or to to allow myself to listen to what they were saying and to, to launch that course. But I did. And when I did, my business like literally just changed forever because it was a thing that I was not expecting to teach. I didn't, when I was deciding that I went to, you know, launch an online course business, I did not think that people would want to learn how to create online courses for me. I just thought that, you know, this, it, that, one is, that part is too simple and they can figure it out by, by themselves. So it was a bit shocking to learn that. That's what they wanted to learn. They wanted to learn how to create um, online um, programs. They wanted to learn how to um, to get known online, to get visible, to sell their offers and to make money online. You know, at the time, I used, even the, my, the second thing I realized is that my messaging was off. So all the things I was saying was not aligning with what they really didn't help with. What I didn't help with was miles apart from what I was actually, you know, you know, pitching all the time. So by listening to my audience, listening to what they needed, and just giving them what they needed, my business changed.
1: I think what's amazing is that the thing that you thought was so easy is what mm-hmm. they wanted to pay for your help to do.
0: Yes. <laughs> yes. And you know, it was a struggle to do it. It was a struggle to listen. And I think it's because many times we think that business has to be so difficult, has to be so hard. You know, so the thing that is actually, that actually come very, you know, that, that they're very easy for you to do. You don't imagine that that same thing is an, it's something that people are struggling with. And so we struggle for nothing. Like I struggled for nothing. <laughs> well, the experience was Great, but but now when my clients come to me and say they want to launch an online course, I'm like, okay, I hear you. I understand. I know how passionate you are about your topic, but let's do some market research. Let's just confirm to see if that's what we really want to learn from you.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. And what year was that big breakthrough for you?
0: Um, My first five-figure launch was in 2015.
1: Okay, all right. And uh, so you've been helping uh, primarily women, is that right? And then I see that you've shifted more to female coaches, not just women in general. When did that yeah. shift to coaches happen?
0: Uh, it, it, ha- it started happening um, when did this happen? Last year. So I used to work with a bunch of different types of people, but I found that the people who were coaches or consultants, they were the ones who really took this work seriously. Like, you know, because when people say online courses, people come in for different reasons. Some people come in because they heard that you can make an extra stream of income. And so let me just quickly launch an online course. But the people who were committed to doing the work and to really taking their online courses seriously and turn it into a real business were coaches and consultants. And that's why I decided to focus more on them because I strongly believe that if if you can help coaches and consultants to have most profitable online courses, they can actually create real impact mm-hmm. because they are just like me. They woke up one day with an urge to impact lives. You know, so that, that feeling that I woke up with, I can't describe it. And I realized that it's not everybody who has that feeling. It, it, it happens to people who, who have been called to help other people succeed it doesn't make any sense at first <laughs> because it didn't make any sense to me. I didn't understand what what was what the shift that was happening to me because I was supposed to be going up my career ladder. I had, um, I had an MBA. I was already, you know, already set for career success. You know, yeah. to, to to climb to the to the top of, of of um of the company, and here I was saying that I have a different motivation, I have a different urge to impact lives. But you know, I, my my struggle now became how do I how do I first of all how do I become profitable? Then the second struggle was how do I scale? How do I really grow without burning out?
1: Mm-hmm. Without burning out, that's the key. Yeah, that's the key. Uh, let me ask you this. Um, So obviously, I'm very familiar with the course creation and sales process here in the United States and kind of the market. How is the market, and I don't know if you know this, I would assume you've been doing this long enough that you would, but how is the market different in Nigeria than it is in the US?
0: Okay. So at the time I started, you know, which was um, 2014 there about, people in Nigeria didn't even know what online courses were. So in, in a lot of ways, I had to first of all, educate the market you know, on what online courses were. So it was a bit um, difficult at the time because it was very new. People were just getting access to phones, to internet. So they didn't really know what online courses were. But now, now the market has grown, it has blown up. It has, <laughs> so people, people are now aware of what online courses are. We now have a lot more online course creators. But what I can say the biggest difference is between the Nigerian market and the the U.S. market, and other markets really, is the messaging. So if there are many things that, there are many many things, it's just like cultural nuances that people just don't say here, you understand? So for for example, now I hear things like secure the bag. Secure the bag is just not a phrase that people use here. So the biggest difference really is speaking the language. So if you're trying to speak to um, a, a more international audience, you have to be careful to be using words that the, the audience can understand, literally, sure. because if you're, if you're, if you're always using like, like maybe sl- slangs or phrases that, that are common within um, a particular um, country auto- automatically People from other countries are automatically cut off because they cannot relate. They cannot understand what you're saying. Yeah.
1: And the 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 your audience is primarily from Nigeria. Is that correct or other parts of uh, Africa?
0: There, there are Africans that are all over the world. So I think because I'm an African doing this, they connect with me. Um, I use I say sometimes I say a lot of. Um, phrases that they understand or that reminds them of home. So there might be Africans in diaspora, there might be Africans living in Africa. So but because I am that, when I'm talking or or, or marketing, they can connect with certain things that I say or do or even like the cultural um, nuances. So if I talk about what my mother did or my father did, they understand it because it's the way African parents (laughs) act. Do you understand what I'm saying? So there's several things that they can just um, that, that I do in my, with my own personal brand that that um, makes them to connect with me. Sure, sure. And at the end of the day, it always boils down to people do business with that they know, they like, and they trust. So when they know you and then they like you because you remind them of themselves or you remind them of someone that they like, or you remind them of, um, you know, like, uh, their, or you show them that this is a dream that they want to have is possible. And you are you are you you, are, you look like them, and you are doing it, so that inspires um, hope. And then also also with your free content, you can then build trust.
1: Of course, of course. Um, yeah. As you look at people that are um, looking to start a course, like as I know uh, a lot of people that are listening, you know we have not talked about a lot about courses on our podcast before, and so I'm excited to be able to talk to you about this. Um, what are what are some of the first steps like and I, I heard you mention it earlier but I want make people I want to make sure people catch this that I wake up I'm excited to teach on something. I could be teaching about um, teaching kids it could be fashion it could be um, it could be how to write a book it could be life transformation it could be business. Whatever I've got inside of me, I want to teach it and I see the opportunity to generate income for me and my family. What's the first step that he or she needs to take?
0: Okay, so it, well, it depends on where where he or she is. So first step, many times the first thing is just to even brainstorm the topics. What do you know? You know, just first of all, have a do a brain dump of what you know to find possible topics that you can teach. The second part is to say, okay, these are the topics that I know how to teach. What can I, um, who do I want to help? Who do I want to help? And where is that person? Where is that person? What is the problem they have? And what, what, what level are they in? Do you understand? So even though, for instance, in my case, I say I want to work with coaches, there are coaches who are at different levels. So what, what, what level is she in? You know, you drill down to who exactly she is, what problems she's having, um, what what is stopping her. When you understand have your ideal client very well, you are able to now know. Okay, this is the, this is what I'm going to. This is what I'm. What is what the scope of my online course will cover. This is exactly what it will help her to achieve. This is, um, and then. Um, these are how many lessons I'm going to teach in the course. So the outline of the course always starts from who exactly you're trying to help and what you want to help her with. The biggest challenge a lot of course creators make is that they want, because they're so passionate about impacting life, they now want to um, teach everything that they know and they end up overwhelming, overwhelming the student. So when you know who your ideal client is, And you really dive deep into where she is, what she's struggling with. That now helps you to create um, an outline that can help her to achieve a particular result. Now, the third part is that it's one thing to know exactly, you know, who you want to help, how you want to help them and, you know, be able to punch out all the lessons. But it's also equally important to to also package an offer that makes it irresistible to her. So it's one thing for her to need your lessons. It's another thing for her to decide to pay for your for your course. So the third step is to package an irresistible offer that would make her pay for your course. So you must have seen people the, when they design online courses, they throw in some bonuses, they um, title the course a particular way, title so give, just do the pricing a particular way. That's what I'm trying to do: is to package an offer that's irresistible. Then the next step after you package your offer is to pre-sell the course. And this is what I I, I found to be very, very um, powerful. If you pre-sell the course, you won't be spending so much time creating a course that nobody's going to pay for. So when you're doing all this work, we are still in assumption phase. So test your assumptions by pre-selling the course and see if anybody will pay for it. So you pre-sell the course. After pre-selling the course and you get your first set of students, You can then create the course, create the course content. After you create the course content, it's now time to start selling the course over and over and over and over again. So a lot of coaches and consultants, when they they are thinking about creating an online course, it's because they want evergreen income. Mm -hmm. But all that happens after you've created the course. You can then set up funnels to start growing the course over and over again.
1: One of the things that you talked about is pre selling there, pre selling the course. And when I talk to uh, clients about that, they get really nervous because they're like, well, if I pre sell it, I've got to start it the next week. And I don't know if I can finish a module, each module, one week at a time. You know what I mean? Like they get really nervous about that. So, how do you help your clients, your coaches um, think through that? Like, if I pre sell it, well, then do I have to create it right away? Like, what happens?
0: That's a beautiful question. So, when you preserve the course, it, really, it, it it it's great to be honest with the people that you're pre the course to. You can say, "Hey, this is um, better pricing. I haven't created the course. You are getting it at this price because I'm launching the course. I'm I have created the course yet, and I will be, it will be you. It will be delivered at the particular date. So, it doesn't always have to be one week." You can give yourself more time but what's important is that you communicate this to the client and also you can to, to make this easy for you to do you can also give them a special pricing like this is the special pricing because I am I have not yet created the course after I create the course the price will increase but this is the price you get because you know you are trusting me you're creating your signed up before I create the course and um you can you can it will become available in three weeks time thereabouts. Okay. So first things first is that you can give yourself more time, just communicate it with your clients and they will understand. The second thing is that you you, you know you can drip your content. So you don't always have to create the entire course. Everything doesn't have to be ready right the clients um, before the client accesses. You can just have a few lessons that are ready and you know you all you need to do is just be one step ahead of your clients. The third thing is that instead of looking at it as if, as, as this burden, to say, oh my God, I don't think I can create the course one week ahead of time or things like that, you can't flip the way you're looking at it and see it as an opportunity. If I kept on waiting, you know, if I, if I, if I, if I, if I kept on waiting, I would never have created this online course. So now that I've launched the course, now that I've pre-sold it, this is an opportunity to, for me to be accountable. So I'm going to create time in my calendar and I'm going to block out time to actually create the course. Because if you're saying that, um, I'm not sure I'll be able to create the lessons. The, the big challenge is that you're very busy and there will never be enough time. There will never be enough time. So for my clients, I find that the people who are, who, um, who, who realize that they don't have a lot of time and then say, because I don't have time, I'm gonna make this a priority. I'm gonna look at my calendar and look for one hour where I'm going to block out to focus on creating my course. By the time you do this for two for for two months or three months, I bet you you would have finished creating this course. It's just one step at a time. So there's nothing to feel overwhelmed, overwhelmed um, by.
1: I love that. I love that accountability because it just, it creates that deadline right in front of you. And it can, it can overwhelm people to the point that they just freak out and they don't ever offer it. But I do find that that's a, I like that strategy, Stephanie, because I know, wow, setting aside that hour per day to work on something can feel like, yeah, that's probably not going to happen. But if mm-hmm. I set the deadline, here's where it's launching and then i've okay i've got to deliver like i can't disappoint yeah. these people i've got to deliver it. and so it's yeah. very 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 powerful so yeah. um as you have um i mean you're you have become very very successful um in you know obviously in nigeria you're a successful person is around the globe but um what are some of the biggest learnings that you have had i hear one of your learnings is got to start with market research, got to see what the customer wants. But what are some of the other learnings, not just about course creation, but about scaling your business, about not burning out? Like what are some of your learnings have have, uh, have been some of your biggest over the last few years?
0: That's an interesting question. The biggest thing that I've learned about scaling without burning out. So the first thing is that everything, every year, what I realized is that what brought me here won't take me there. Mm-hmm. So every year when I'm trying to scale the business and I'm trying to go to new heights, I realize I realize that what, what's making me overwhelmed and burnt out and tired is because I'm trying to get to a new level with old strategies. <laughs> so <laughs> so I'm I'm doing things that are no longer working for me or no longer working for the Give goals that example. I want to achieve.
1: Give me an example.
0: So one example is, um, I used to, I used to, um, um, I used to offer a done-for-you service, where I would help people to actually create websites. So because the people that I was helping were not, were not able to, they're not very techy people, and so not able to host their online. Course websites or different things, we had a part of the business that also used to um, offer services to people who wanted to create websites and online course, Sorry, online course, websites, membership sites. So what I found out was that by the time we'll get booked, we'll get booked and our online course too, would sell while this was great. I was always tired. I was always tired. And so to scale, we had to take a step back to say, how else can we do this? How else can we help a lot of people without actively always doing this work over and over again because it's is limit, limiting. And that's actually what led us to then build a tech platform because we're like, if people keep coming to us to ask us about this, um, this particular service, how can we scale this up? So it's thinking about, basically it's thinking about how, can I do things differently? Because the way I was doing it before is no longer serving me. I'm tired. I'm tired, you know, <laughs> I'm tired. That's one. Another example is that when I was um, creating, creating clients for my online course the first time, I was working with other people. And I must say that I don't think I had it. Didn't, I didn't really have the right boundaries. So we were serving, like in our, in our online course, we had hundreds of clients and it became overwhelming to, 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 um, to serve them, to answer questions all the time, to always be available, you know, and in the beginning when you're just working online because I don't have a lot of clients, it's not a problem. But when you start to have hundreds of clients who, are, who, are, who have a lot of questions all the time, one of the things I began to realize is that I had not empowered myself with this level of growth. So it, it, the lot is my the online course, I could I was the only person who could coach people on it because I had not I had not trained other coaches on how to in a way that it could it could how do I explain this? The content was not structured in a way that it could scale, so people still needed feedback from me, people needed me to review one by one. People candidate me to, to, you know, they, they, it, wasn't his, it wasn't structured in a way that I could scale, basically. And one of the lessons I learned, I had to, we had to go and redo our online course, stru- online course content again. But this time we created it in a way that it was now, it was now scalable. There was now a framework. You know, everything, any the coaches that we had in the program became trained on the framework the the lessons itself it was redesigned such that it was so easy to know when people were not following the framework and what, what challenges they were having and um and the people who were actually following the framework and how they were getting the results so the second thing i'll say is that the structure of the um, we had to redo the structure of the content in order to help us to scale and when we did that it became, it became <laughs> growing became less scary because people could, the, the, the structure of the course was designed for scale.
1: So what I'm hearing you, uh, the biggest uh, shift that I heard you say was that everything wasn't centered around you. Like you had to yeah. provide feedback or you had to take action to help them in some way. Um, yeah. So when it became more about like built into the content and they had to take step-by-step, then it wasn't relying on you. That's the biggest thing I heard.
0: Yeah. So you know when you start when you when you start a you start a, an online course business, many times you're thinking about how you want to impact lives, and so you are just, how like I said, it it's it very easy to 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 think small. You know, it's very easy because all you're thinking about is that I want to help. I want to help. But when I started growing, I started to realize that this thing is beyond me. This thing is beyond me. I I cannot. I cannot help all the people that I want to help myself. So I now have to create systems. I have to create um, I have to create systems for everything. And even the product, the cost itself, has to be a system that is that is that is beyond me. You know, so going from being the one who is always doing things and going to a place of how can I systemize it? How can this thing how can I empower some other person to do this work? Because I will not be doing it every day. A time will come when that task will be delegated. Documenting my processes, documenting, like, documenting everything such that if some other person joins the team, they understand what we are doing and they can, they can do great work. That has been one of the biggest shifts for me.
1: Gotcha. Now, yeah. um, you mentioned that you started a tech platform to empower course creators, and it's called trainquarters.com. Tell me what Train yes. Quarters is and how it's different from maybe other platforms that are out there.
0: Okay, so I'll tell you. Now, because of, this is how we started the first time. When we're creating, um, uh, when we're helping our clients create online courses, one of the biggest challenges that they were having was that they were not techie. And mm-hmm. so it was very difficult for them to learn all the different, all the different tech tools. So they'll have to learn this tool, they have to learn that tool. This used to overwhelm them used to overwhelm them a lot. And then many of them were starting from a place where they didn't even have, like, they were really, really starting from scratch. So they didn't have all the tech tools. And so because they were, for some of them, they don't have websites, they didn't, they didn't do web pages, you know, we started saying, okay, how can we make this easy for them? How can we make it easy for them? And that's how we started, you know, having the idea to build a very easy-to-use platform for non-techie um, coaches and consultants, and that's how the idea was born. But the second thing that also inspired us to build it is that because we live in Nigeria, we had um, we have some payment limitations. So we, we don't we are not able to use PayPal, for instance. We're not able to use Stripe, for instance. So we could we, we can't do all this um, you know create payment link and then you, we can't do any of those automations because we have a big payment opportunity. I like like to call it an opportunity because the Mm -hmm. African market is still untapped. (laughs) We had a big payment opportunity in in Nigeria and other parts of Africa. And so you see that the African creators were not empowered because there's so many tools that we can't use just because we can't connect it with our own payment platforms. And so we started thinking about how can we make it easy for African creators to have a tech platform where they can Easily create their web pages. They can easily host their online courses, and they can easily connect their payment platforms to their online course platforms. Because we have our own um, in-house, like local payment platforms that, that 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 we use here. So if you if you're using a local platform, how can you connect it to um, your online course? And that's how the solution was born. Really, at first, when we were building it, we we're just really thinking about the the African course creators who were who were stranded but as we started growing we realized that you know this thing it doesn't it doesn't have to it doesn't (laughs) it doesn't the functionalities work they are great and it's easy to use it doesn't have to be limited to just Africans living in Africa anybody can use it really but that's really how it was born it was born to be an easy to use platform it's not complicated it's you know it's not it doesn't have you know, I don't, I don't have to explain this to you. It's not the complicated tech solution. It's the easy-to-use tech solution for beginners who want to launch an online course.
1: I love it. I love it. All right. And you've got a free uh, giveaway that you want to offer our listeners. It's called the Course Creators Roadmap. Uh, what yes. is this? What is this, and where can they get it?
0: So you can – it's a roadmap to help um, – new course creators to create courses that actually sell and also tips on how to structure their online course. Because one of the things that I, you know, that I didn't mention earlier is that many times people are thinking about online courses. The major challenge that they always think about is sales, how can I market it, how can I sell it? But the different, the second part of creating an online course that really sells is that the course has to be structured in a way that will help your clients to get results without you. <laughs> so in the roadmap we share tips on how to structure your cost to help your clients get results and to also set it and they can you can get the roadmap at slash roadmap
1: Great. Stephanieob.com slash roadmap. So we'll of course include that link in the show notes. So your primary website that we want to point people to is Stephanieob.com and then trainquarters.com and we'll put yes. all the links to the websites and social media in the show notes. So Stephanie, I'm just, uh, very, uh, inspired by you and impressed by you and just honored to be able to connect with you today. And I know people will be, um, inspired by your story. So thank you so much.
0: Thank you for having me. Thank you. you, I really enjoyed answering the questions you asked. (laughs) Thank you for having me.
1: Hey, congrats on listening to another episode of Inspiration Rising. Why congrats? Because you're pouring education and inspiration into your mind and heart. And that's something we all need if we're going to grow our businesses and reach our goals in life. Now, if you enjoy Inspiration Rising, do us a favor. Share it with a friend. Take a screenshot of your favorite episode and text it to them. Tell them to search for Inspiration Rising on their favorite podcast app and click subscribe. And if you haven't already, be sure to sign up for Inspo Text. That's our daily inspirational text messages. Just text me right now at 949-401-6090. That's 949 Just say, hey Dave, what's up? You'll get an automated reply with a link where you can add yourself as a contact and of course, you can always unsubscribe. I want you to know today that you're inspired empowered and loved. Not because of the way you feel or what anyone else says about you, but because that's your true identity.